Welcome back to From 8 Arbitration. It's Monday. Now, I owe John Poskin a huge apology. <laughs> he was on here about two hours yesterday uh, doing an episode. It was a fantastic episode. I go to download it, and I deleted the entire file. And so John Poskin has lost two hours of his life uh, trying to help y'all because I don't know what I'm doing. So uh, I've got Cole Billups looking into that. But that made me so mad, man. It was late last night, man. He finally got finished, and I go to download it to turn it into an MP3 file, and it said that the entire file was corrupted. So John Poskin, I apologize, my brother. It was a great episode. I look forward to you doing it at a later date. But doggone, man, I suck at this stuff big time. So, you're stuck with me this week. It's Monday night. We're going to get it done. I'm glad to be back. Took a little time off. Went down to regional training. I'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, I have missed y'all. Uh, I miss talking to you and, uh, and educating. So, we're going to get back into that today. I've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. We're going to cover a lot of stuff. Article 17 in particular. We're going to go over some things there because of some things that management's doing management has lost their ever-loving mind across this country there are so many things going on right now uh, that management is doing so much stuff being put on social media about management has lost their damn mind and so we're going to cover it bits and pieces at a time i mean you name it management is doing it right now uh, and so we're just going to grieve the shit out of these bitches and uh and curb that and that's what we're going to do that's how we're going to defeat all this shit we're going to grieve the shit out of these bitches and uh, get them to stop this foolishness. All right. So we're going to talk about that. A few things, some investigative interviews, some discipline, some Article 17. We're going to cover a lot of things today. Um, had regional training last week in Biloxi. Uh, it went really well. The best part of it was a lot of mending going on. Uh, me and my business agent in particular, we had a great moment there together um, where he came up to me and we just squashed a lot of shit right there. And, and that needed to be done. Uh, you know, I'm a callous, cold-hearted son of a bitch sometimes, and um, I don't like being stabbed in the damn back. And uh, I don't know that any, anybody that does, but, uh, you know, we we embraced each other. Um told each other we loved each other, and, and had good long talks, several of them, good long talks, and went really well. Um, so, and that's something that needed to be done, you know. I mean, he, he's got his job to do. Uh, I'm a city letter carrier, uh, and that's all I am. But uh, I can be a cold-hearted bastard sometimes um, when I feel slighted. And that's just how I am. <laughs> but... Uh, I'm a, I'm a city letter carrier and I love city letter carriers and that's my heart. That's my passion. Whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm doing, it's to deal with city letter carriers It's to protect city letter carriers. I'm not doing anything for the betterment of anything other than the city letter carrier. So people need to understand that at every level. When you come to me, I'm about the city letter care. I'm not about myself or moving up, or anything like that, I'm about the city letter carrier, period. And so if something gets in the way of that, I'm going to trample that son of a bitch, 
And uh, that's just how it is. Okay. So uh, make no mistake about it. I love the city letter carrier and I am a city letter carrier. So I will speak for y'all with y'all, whatever we got to do to make sure that we, we are not forgotten. Okay. And I will use this for that. Uh, we will not be forgotten. Uh, we will raise nine kinds of hell in this bitch to make sure that we're not. Okay. Uh, I will raise nine kinds of hell to make sure that people don't, uh, don't forget us down here on this workroom floor. And that if I have to do that exclusively through this podcast, that is what I'll do. Okay. But we had a great time. Uh, put up some pictures and people like, Corey, you've lost some weight. I have lost some weight. I've lost about 21 pounds. Uh, I've got arthritis in both my hips. <laughs> and when it flares up, I look crazy <laughs> walking my route. <laughs> but I was about 265. And my doctor, he said, uh, Corey, there's nothing I can do for your arthritis in your hips. But there's something you can do. You can lose some weight. He told me to get down to 250. I'm like, hell, let's take it on down to 240. So I'm right at 244, maybe a little bit higher, maybe 245. So I have lost some weight. Feel much better. <laughs> a lot more energy. Ready to kick these motherfuckers in the ass. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, put up some pictures of us down there in Biloxi. Uh, had a really good time. Like I said, mended some fences, buried some hatchets. And had a good time, man. I will be remiss if I didn't say this. <laughs> to our guest who came down. That was uh, hitting on all the women. I'm not going to name names. But was hitting on all the women and kept getting your face broke. These are southern women down here, baby. <laughs> they don't put up with much shit. Okay. Uh, they're not going to tolerate a whole lot of shit. And so, um, you know, you, you need to come with something other than a title. Uh, they're not going to fuck around with, with uh, titles. They don't give a damn. Like I said, these are Southern women. They're a different group. And so, my friend, I hated to see you striking out so much. Uh, maybe you need a hitting coach. <laughs> come holler at me. I'll talk to you, all right? Because uh, I, I deal with Southern women. So, uh, my man, I felt for you, baby. I felt for you, but Hey, you did it at your own peril homes and, uh, hated to see it, baby, but it is what it is. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, be careful who you fuck with, baby. Anyway, let's get into some stuff. Um, a lot of things coming to me, uh, especially management, um, denying us grievance time, grievance handling. Okay. I'm going to cover a section of article 17 pretty exclusively today. Um, like I said, management has lost their ever loving mind right now in this country. The things that are coming up are absolutely crazy. And, and I do believe it's because we've handed them their ass in this T-Rap process. I think that, uh, truly, um, but you name it, they're doing it. It's the craziest shit. They're putting up boards uh, with with times. And I'll get into that in just a second. Uh, the hour office time is going crazy right now. Stationary events is going crazy. We talked about that. 
refusing stewards to do anything crazy right now. Um, district managers coming onto the floor and, and dressing carriers down. Uh, MPOs coming onto the floor, dressing carriers down. Postmasters coming onto the floor, ca- dressing carriers down. Uh, shop stewards, handle that. Okay, it, it's time for the shop steward to rise the fuck up. It just is. It's time for the shop steward in this country to rise the fuck up and put a halt to this shit. I'm telling you, man, if the shop stewards would educate themselves and understand that anybody who walks on that floor can get that ass kicked through an 8190, we would address this shit. That 8190, it will do all of your talking. All of it. Nothing beats the 8190. I've talked about that over and over again. Fire these bitches up with that 8190. Do not let management tell you what is or is not a grievance. You determine that. You control the grievance. Management cannot tell you to withdraw a grievance. It's our grievance. We move that forward at every step. It's ours. It's not theirs. Too many times shop stewards tell me, well, hell, my postmaster said that, you know, it wasn't a grievance. I had to withdraw it. Fuck them. Fuck that. You file the grievance. It's your grievance. Management has nothing to do with it except a signature on that bitch. Send it up. Okay? We'll make sure that that sucker is prepared. We have JB is covered the fuck up right now helping people out. He's a damn stallion. I mean, covered up getting people prepared. I have been answering emails trying to catch up all damn week. And I don't mind. I want to kick their ass as much as you do. We're going to get these things ready. Okay? We're going to get these grievances ready. Been talking with a gentleman about a removal just a second ago before I started this. I want to win at all costs, as long as it's ethical. (laughs) Don't ever be unethical. Don't ever be unethical. You're useless to the union if you're caught being unethical, really. But I I want to win more than anybody you've ever known. I hate to lose. Uh, And therefore, I did not become good at losing. Okay? I hate it. And so we're going to get y'all prepared to win. And that's what this is about. We're going to win. Um. Still, most of my emails are about shop stewards that aren't worth shit, branch presidents that aren't worth shit, uh, the business agents that aren't worth shit. All that is still coming in. Uh, Look, all I can do is tell you to keep moving it up the line. I cannot help you. I I wish I could. I cannot. I know that if I was the president, my ass would be sitting in business agent's office all the damn time. Ask them why they're sorry as fuck. I just would. Uh, the business agent's office is that important. If it's corrupted, uh, we're lost in that region. We are. So, uh, but keep reaching out to me, man. I'll do everything I can to help you. I will. But the only thing I can tell you is what I've always told you. Vote the bitches out. Vote them out. I mean, I don't know what else to say, you know. If it's your shop steward, vote that sorry bitch out. President, same thing. You know, I say it all the time. Um, But until then, what do we do? We'll 
We'll do the best we can. Hell, we'll just do the best we can. All right. But yeah, management has lost their damn minds. Uh, the craziest shit you've ever seen is coming up. Uh, uh, but like I said, we will win. We will beat it. Uh, and we'll talk about it over and over again. Uh, as the weeks go on, the more stuff I see, the more I'm going to bring to y'all. Uh, if it takes 10 years, <laughs> we're going to keep talking about this shit so that we can beat these bitches. Okay. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Article 17. I had a gentleman message me, and, and these are things that are coming into me a lot. The last thing that happened was a gentleman went up and put in a request for union time. Okay, went up to the manager, put in a request for union time, said, when can I, when can I get time uh, to meet or to prepare these grievances? And they put it in the desk drawer. We'll get back to you later. This was three days ago. I said, what have they said? Nothing. I said, what have you done? Waiting on it. No, we're not going to do that. And, and we're going to talk about this language extensively, okay? If I turn in a request for time to prepare a grievance, union time, and management puts that in a desk, and says, I'll get back to you. I'm filing a grievance the next day. Okay? That is what we have to start doing. We've got to grieve these bitches into submission. I'm telling you, you've got to grieve these bitches into submission. So if they put that in a desk, I'll get back to you. That's fine. I got a copy for myself, right? Because you always keep copies. The next day, I'm filing a grievance on this language I'm fixing to talk to you about. Well, I told you I'd get back to you. That's fine, but we're going to meet on this grievance right now where you didn't get back to me yesterday. But I said I was going to get back to you. Well, that'd be a contention you need to make then, I guess. But I'm filing this grievance because I'm not fucking around with this shit. Y'all don't play these damn games. I'm not here to play games. I played games when I was in school. It's called recess. I don't do that anymore. I'm about the action of, of protecting my people. You're going to put my shit in a drawer. So here's this grievance. I'll file on it every fucking day. Shop stewards, rise the fuck up. You've got to. You, you've got to stand up eventually. You've got to. We cannot continue to let management run over us. It's happening way too much. So you stop that with the 8190. Okay? As many as you have to file. That 8190 is as devastating a thing as we have available. It's the most devastating. Okay? It's the most devastating. Let's look at some language. I've got a lot of stuff I'm fixing to read. Normally, I hate reading, but I'm not going to hate this because I'm going to show you, new stewards, how you prepare a grievance, okay, when you're looking at, at contractual language. And this is what I do. And, and I hope that, that seasoned stewards do the same. Uh, I always build my case file uh, ready for arbitration. Nobody needs to touch it. That's what I do. 
a lot of people don't agree with me, and that's perfectly fine. You do what you want to do. But I prepare my own grievance, my own contentions, because I want to speak for myself. I don't want anybody to speak for me. JB is the best in the country. I'll put him up against anybody in the country. But I don't want JB to have to speak for me, even though he's more than capable. <laughs> he is, a, he is a, an expert arbitration witness. I'll say that. I've been in a bunch of arbitrations. He is as good as it gets. But I don't want him to speak for me. I want to speak for myself. Why? Because it's my grievance. It's not JB's. It's mine as the shop steward. So this is how I do it. We're going to look at page 17.5, right to steward time on the clock. Okay, talked a little bit about this when I went off about uh, the, the, the steward that wasn't being paid. But we're going to go over this language. Okay, new stewards, pay attention, listen up. Okay, we're going to get detailed, very detailed. This is how you need to be when you're preparing your contentions. Okay, right to steward time on the clock. This is page 17.5. Although a steward must ask for a supervisory permission to leave his or her work area or enter another one to pursue a grievance or potential grievance, management cannot unreasonably deny requests for paid grievance handling time. I'll read that again. This is good language. Although a steward must ask for supervisory permission to leave his or her work area or enter another one to pursue a grievance or potential grievance. Did you hear that? Pursue a grievance or potential grievance. I don't even know if I've got one yet. I have no idea. But I'm covered there. To pursue a grievance or potential grievance. So I know I've got a grievance. I need to handle this thing. You can't unreasonably deny me that time. I have a potential grievance. I don't even know if I've got one yet. Okay? I'm looking to see if I've got one. So pursue a grievance or potential grievance. Remember that language when management says, what is your grievance? I don't know yet. Well, you can't go over there. Well, yeah, I can because it could be a potential grievance. I don't know yet. I need that time. It says management cannot unreasonably deny requests for paid grievance handling time. Let's go on. Management may not determine in advance how much time a steward reasonably needs to investigate a grievance. That's one of the biggest things that we deal with. I need eight hours. Well, you get six. Well, how do you know? Shit, you're not the one investigated. I am. I need eight. I'll give you four. Well, management may not determine in advance how much time a steward reasonably needs to investigate a grievance. Okay, that's my determination. It's not management's. If I put in 12 hours, they say you'll get six. They're in violation of this right here. Management may not determine in advance how much time a steward reasonably needs to investigate a grievance. And then it's got National Arbitrator Garrett. It's got the number, dated January 19th, 1977, C-427. Now, how many of y'all ever looked that up and read it? And if you haven't, why not? That's what it's in there for. 
If it's got an arbitration number in there, look that arbitration up and read it. It's going to tell you everything you need to know. So it says National Arbitrator Garrett, C-427. So it's C-427. Let's look up C-427. I got it right here. And this is what I do. When I put together my contentions, if it's got C-427, I'm going to print out C-427 and put it in my contentions. Why? Because an arbitrator, when they're in arbitration, won't have a clue what that says. He just is going to see National Arbitrator Garrett C-427. He's not going to have that, but I am. It's going to be in my contentions. You know what that means? He's going to have it because I got it right here. So let's read it, okay? It says, background, this national-level arbitration involves two grievances which took form at the Inglewood, California Post Office, wherein the mail handlers union asserts that introduction of a new policy and procedure at Inglewood improperly restricts the rights of union stewards protected under Article 17 of the 1973 National Agreement and also violates Articles 5 and 19. A hearing was held on September 8, 1976 and briefs thereafter filed as of November 18, 1976. So here management puts in a policy and procedure that we say is in conflict with Article 17, 19, and 5, okay? I'm not going to read this whole decision to you, but I will read uh, what it is. What happened was management put in a new form, and they said this is how you're going to request your union time from now on, and we're going away from the national-approved form, PS form, and we're going to implement this new local form. Uh, on how you will re request union time. And so the mail handlers, they, they grieved it, okay? So we said that the form was improper, it's locally generated, and it's not what we use. Management said it's the same thing, we just implemented a new form because it helps us better uh, track this time, okay? And here's the findings, I will read that. And here's what National Arbitrator Garrett said. Now this is the one that's in the, the uh, agreement that I told you about says the two grievances here present separate but related issues. First, whether the local September 9th, 1974 memorandum is consistent with Article 17, Sections 3 and 4. And second, whether the local form instituted early in 1975 to effectuate the memorandum of conflicts with an established procedure under the M65 manual and protected by Article 19. The September 9, 1974 memorandum indicates on its face that it is management's responsibility to determine what is a reasonable time to investigate or prepare a grievance. It includes no references to Article 17, Section 3 or 4, nor does it state that a request by a steward for time to investigate a grievance shall not be unreasonably denied. The critical language quoted earlier in this opinion from the September 9th 1974 memorandum is preceded by an underlying assertion b union stewards taking too much time preparing step 2a grievances the memorandum instructs a supervisor that if you are satisfied time request is justified the request should be approved on condition that the steward will return no later than end of the time approved if the steward does not return by prescribed time, 
Moreover, this is to be dealt with as a disciplinary problem. Finally, the memorandum advises that if agreement can't be reached on appropriate amount of time, the matter should be referred to the tour superintendent. So they're saying that if a steward puts in for two hours and they take two and a half, they're going to be disciplined for that. And that's the new memo that they came out with, okay? And that's what he's talking about right there. Further light is shed upon the objecting Further light is shed upon the objective meaning of the September 9, 1974 memorandum by reference to the form developed locally to implement it. This requires the steward to, one, furnish in advance the names of other employees who may be interviewed, two, indicate in advance what records may be needed, and three, to identify by number any local telephone calls which may be made and the time to be involved in the call. (laughs) It also includes a line captioned, if request is delayed beyond date of request, state reason. Document on a daily basis why request cannot be granted. Lastly, the form is routed to the tour superintendent. These various restrictive provisions apparently were designed to combat abuses which were thought to have developed at Inglewood in taking excessive time for investigation and preparation of grievances. This surely is a proper management objective, generally speaking. But the problem here is whether the Englewood program is permissible under Articles 17 and 19 of the 1973 National Agreement. This is by no means only a local problem. If such a unilateral program is permissible at Englewood, it is equally permissible throughout the entire Postal Service. While the Postal Service brief includes an unusually skillful effort to depict the memorandum as no more than an effort to require a supervisor to determine whether a steward can be spared from his job at the time he or she seeks permission to leave, there is nothing in the memorandum itself which supports this narrow interpretation of its purpose. The fact is that the memorandum does not accurately state the substance of Article 17, Section 3, particularly since it assumes that a supervisor is entitled to determine in advance the amount of time necessary to investigate a grievance and requires the steward to specify the time likely to be required and to provide detailed information in advance to justify such time requirement. The memorandum implies that the decision as to whether any such request is justified lies within the discretion of the individual supervisor and provides no standards to guide the exercise of such discretion nor any reference to the controlling language of Article 17, Section 3. Thus, it now should be made clear that Article 17, Section 3 does not authorize the service to determine in advance the amount of time which a steward reasonably needs to investigate a grievance. Since the September 9, 1974 memorandum is inaccurate in this and other significant respects, it should be withdrawn and given no effect. This is not to say, of course, that management cannot, one, ask a steward seeking permission to investigate, adjust, or write agreements to estimate the length of time that the steward anticipates he or she will be away from his or her workstation, or two, that a supervisor cannot decline to release a steward from duty during a period of time when his or her absence during such period will unnecessarily delay essential work, or three, that a supervisor in advance may not specify a time period 
during which the steward's absence will unnecessarily delay essential work. Nor does this decision in any way bar the service from taking necessary action consistent with the agreement in any case where it can be established that a steward has improperly obtained permission to leave his or her workstation under the guise of investigating or preparing a grievance. The special form developed at Inglewood early in 1975 was designed to implement the September 9, 1974 memorandum and hardly can be used except to effectuate that memorandum. In addition, Part 431 of Methods Handbook N65 states that Form 7020 will be used to record authorized absences from assigned duties, and the instructions on Form 7020 make it applicable to time devoted to grievances. The local form at Inglewood, in fact, has been sub substituted for Form 7020 when stewards seek to leave their workstations. It is well settled by now that employee rep representation by a union steward or grievance committee man constitutes a significant working condition or condition of employment. Let me read that again. Okay. It is well settled by now that employee represent representation by a union steward or grievance committee man constitutes a significant working condition or condition of employment. Thus, the matter here is an issue falls within the scope of Article 19. The development of a new form locally to deal with stewards' absences from assigned duties on union business as a substitute for a national form embodied in an existing manual and thus in conflict with that manual thus falls within the second paragraph of Article 19. Since the procedure there set forth has not been invoked by the Postal Service, it would follow that the Inglewood form must be withdrawn. And the award, the grievance are sustained as indicated in this opinion. The September 9, 1974 memorandum and the local form developed to implement that memorandum must be withdrawn and given no effect. So the form 7020 is what they use to request union time. Management generated a local form, okay? And that local form was in contradiction to the 7020. And so we used the ASM. And uh, so that is that decision that you see in Article 17. And I just read it to you, okay? I would print that out and put it in my contentions. So it goes on. Rather, the determination of how much time is considered reasonable is dependent on the issue involved and the amount of information needed for investigation purposes. If I've got a removal, I'm going to need a lot of time. I'm going to need a lot of time. We've got a lot of information, should. Uh, so I'm going to need a lot of time. Article 8s, if you're doing dailies, how much time are we going to need? If we're doing weeklies, we're going to need some time, right? Crossing crafts. Probably going to be a lot of information. We're going to do rural carriers. Uh, we're going to do their time cards. We're going to do hours. Uh, we're going to do scanner data, whatever. And so, uh, you know, new stewards, it's going to be more difficult to, for you because you've not dealt with it as much. So when you put in a request, you may say, I need eight hours for this removal. And they'll say six. We'll grieve that. Okay. First off, we don't know because we've not dealt with it that much. If you've done it a while, you get better at it. You know, just like your route, okay? So it says, I'll read that again, rather determination of how much time is considered reasonable is dependent on the issue involved 
and the amount of information needed for investigation purposes. And it's got step four M671. Have y'all ever read M671? Or do y'all just bypass that and keep reading? It's in there for a reason, folks. Print it out. Put that in your contentions. Here's M671. I did print it out. I'm going to read it to you. Dated October 20th, 1976. Dear Mr. May, on October 12th, 1976, we met with you to discuss the above-captioned grievance at the fourth step of our contractual grievance procedure. The matters presented by you, as well as the applicable contractual provisions, have been reviewed and given careful consideration. The evidence presented fails to substantiate that denial of additional time for the steward to investigate the possible grievance was unreasonable. Accordingly, the request for ex- uh, the request for 16 hours pay is denied. However, the determination regarding how much time is considered reasonable is dependent upon the issue involved and the amount of data required for, for investigation purposes. Local officials are to be guided accordingly. Okay? So, we determine that based off of the issue involved and the amount of data or the amount of information. Okay? That's 671. Steward time to discuss agreements may not be denied solely because the steward is in an overtime status. And how many times have you been told that? How many times have they been saying, look, you're going to be 10 hours already, so we're not going to give it to you. If that's the sole reason, file a grievance on them. Okay? You've got to get comfortable filing grievances on these bitches. You just do. If they tell you, look, man, you're already in overtime today. I can't do it. What other reason do you have? I ain't got no other reason. You're going to be in overtime. Okay, well, tomorrow I'm going to be filing a grievance. Do I meet with you or who, who do I meet with? On what? Because you can't do that. It says, steward, time to discuss agreements may not be denied solely because the steward is in an overtime status. That's what you just told me. So tomorrow we'll be meeting on this grievance. Okay. And it's got pre-arbitration settlement 857. You ever looked at that? Why not? It's in here for a reason. Just so happens I printed that out. Let's read it, shall we? M857. Dated September 13th, 19, I can't read that, 88. Dear Mr. Hutchins, we recently held pre-arbitration discussion involving case number there During our discussion, we agreed that the provisions of Article 17.4 do not apply to the facts of this case. In addition, we agreed that where a letter care who is also a steward is working overtime and a representation situation arises, a steward's request to perform the function of a steward will not be denied solely because the steward is in an overtime status. Notwithstanding this principle, the facts in this case are unclear accordingly. We agreed to remand this case to the regional level for further processing, including arbitration, if necessary, consistent with the above understanding. All right? That's 857. There you have it. It is the responsibility of the union and management to decide mutually when the steward will be allowed, subject to the business conditions, an opportunity to investigate and adjust grievances. All right, we've got 14 days. You're going to be cutting into my time if you tell me we're going to do it next week. We're going to do it in three days or four days. We ain't got enough people here. You're going to do it. I've got 14 days. 
So if they're in there with that bullshit, make sure you call them out on it, okay? But it says, it is the responsibility of the union and management to decide mutually when the steward will be allowed, subject to business conditions, an opportunity to investigate and adjust grievances. So if they take my request and they put it in a drawer and they say, I'll get back to you and file a grievance the next day. Why? Because it says we're going to do that mutually. You, you didn't do that. You, you put my shit in the drawer and told me you'll get back to me later. That's not doing that mutually. We did not sit down and look at the schedule and come up with a time uh, that I can do my grievance handling. And that's what should be done. And it states M332. Have you ever looked at M332? Why not? It just so happens I've got 332 right here. And I'm going to read it to you. This is what it says. <laughs> April 5th, 1973. Dear Mr. Huerta, on March 20th, 1973, we met with you to discuss the above captioned grievance at the fourth step of our contractual grievance procedure. The matters presented by you concerning this grievance, as well as the applicable contractual provisions, have been carefully reviewed. As a result of this review, the grievance is resolved as follows. It is the responsibility of the union and the responsibility of management to arrive at a mutual decision as to when the steward would be allowed, subject to business conditions, an opportunity to investigate and adjust grievances. It is noted that the steward requested specific times for that purpose. However, during those periods of time, business conditions were such that precluded the steward from performing those functions. At that point, it is the mutual responsibility of the steward and management jointly to determine a suitable time in which to allow the steward to investigate and adjust grievances. So if they continue to tell you it's going to have to be three or four days, it's going to have to be three or four days, I'm going to file a grievance on that, okay? First off, to stop the clock, <laughs> I've got 14 days. If you're not giving me the time to investigate a grievance, and you keep telling me, hey, look, we got too many people off. It's going to be next week. I'm filing a grievance on that. That's not mutual. That's you determining when I'm going to meet. Remember, overtime can't be the sole, the sole reason. Okay, so if they're telling you it'll be next week, I need to do it this week. I can't help it. I'm filing a grievance on that. Okay, and I'm going to say I've got a removal. They won't let me uh, investigate this removal. It's a very detailed removal. We got OIG, we got police, we got whatever, and they're not giving me the time to do this. They're making me rush my contentions, which is making it impossible for me to fully represent this carrier because you're cutting the, the clock on me. Uh, make sure we're filing those grievances. Like I said, we're going to start filing grievances on everything. If management wants to come after us like they're doing, and come after us for every single thing. We're going to we're going to put a, a stack of grievances on their desk. That that's all they're going to do is work on grievances until these bitches back the fuck up. Okay? We will make these bitches back the fuck up. How? By filing so many grievances on them that they back the fuck up. Okay? That's what these grievances are going to do. I don't care how mad management gets at me. I don't care how many times they threaten me. They're going to, they're going to meet on these grievances. You can threaten my job, 
but you're going to meet on this grievance first. Okay. In the movie 300, when the Persians started attacking the 300, right? They're in that small little uh, thing in the mountains, you know, that little crevasse, if you will. And they were standing there and they took the full force of the, that, that first barrage, all those uh, soldiers hitting them. And, and remember, they dug their feet in and it pushed them back, pushed them back, pushed them back. And then when they stopped moving, what they do? They attacked. That's us. Management is hitting us with an onslaught right now with so many things, so many things going on that they're hitting us with. Dig your fucking feet in the ground. Okay. Dig your feet in the ground Get our shit together as far as our grievances. Get all of our stuff together, all of our arguments for all these things that these bitches are doing. And when it comes time, we're going to go on the attack. Okay? We're going to take all their shit. They're coming after us with barrage after barrage after barrage. Get your, get your footing. Right? Get your feet underneath you. Get these grievances ready and file file, file, and continue to file until they say, please stop. And they will. I don't care who it is. I don't care what your manager's like. I really don't. I've dealt with the worst of the worst. I have been involved with or responsible for removing eight managers from their managerial position in my time. Eight. That's more than anybody in the country. I have had my hand in it at some form or fashion, at some step, been involved with removing eight managers from their position, supervising city letter carriers. I do not care what your manager is like. I don't. I don't care about them whatsoever. They mean nothing to me. Their job means nothing to me. If these bitches are in the soup line next week, I do not care. I care about one thing and one thing only, my people, my brothers and sisters. That's it. That's all. So if I'm putting bitches in the soup line, good. I hope they run out of soup before your ass gets up there to get some. Okay? So don't be intimidated. Don't be fearful. Don't be scared. File the fucking grievance. All right? That's the only way we will win. File the fucking grievance. What was I talking about? Damn, I got off on something right there, didn't I? All right, here we go. If <laughs> I'm feeling it today, Anna. Damn, I've missed y'all. If management delays a steward from investigating grievance, it should inform the steward of the reasons for the delay and when time will be available. Let me read that again. If management delays a steward from investigating a grievance, it should inform the steward of the reasons for the delay and when time will be available. And this is what I was going over with with the gentleman that talked to me. When they put it in a drawer saying they're going to get back to me, that's a violation of that right there. When you file a grievance, it's under Article 17. You're going to put this little snippet in there. Did management violate Article 17 of the National Agreement? Right here. When they delayed the steward from investigating a grievance, and then that language. 
That's all you need. That's, it's as simple a grievance as you'll ever file. And you'll put in a statement that I turned in my uh, request for union time, and they put it in a drawer and told me they'd get back to me later. Okay? This is very clear language. A very simple grievance. We're going to ask for a cease and desist. That's all we want. A cease and desist. We want you to stop. Okay? They do it again. I'm immediately asking for something. Because you didn't learn. All right? So let's read that again. If management delays the steward from investigating a grievance, it should inform the steward of the reasons for the delay and when time will be available. All right? I like how they said it. They don't even give them the common courtesy of a person or they or them. Where it says if management delays the steward from investigating a grievance, they should inform. It didn't say it said it should. I like how they did that. Took a little shot at them because they're not worthy of being called human. Likewise, the steward has an obligation to request additional time and give the reasons why it is needed. So, we request time. I need eight hours. I'm getting into this removal. I'm getting into these clock rings. Man, it's so much more than I initially thought. Uh, I'm going to need a, probably about another 45 minutes. So, I, I requested eight hours. I've gotten some more information since then. There's, uh, it's taken me on some rabbit trails on this removal I didn't see initially. You know, things that I'm seeing right now that I've gotten into it. I'm going to need about 45 more minutes to, to clean all this up. So I'm going to request an additional 45 minutes. And that's what it's talking about. Likewise, the steward has an obligation. Hey, we're obligated on that. There's nothing we can do about it. It's said that we are obligated. Okay, that's our obligation. To request additional time and give the reasons why it is needed. That's very simple. And it says right here, M127. Have you ever read M127? Why not? It's in here. Guess what? I've got it right here. Let's read it. M127. On November 9th, 1978, we met with you to discuss the above captioned grievance at the fourth step of our contractual grievance procedure. The matters presented by you, as well as the applicable contractual provisions, have been reviewed and given careful consideration. During our step four meeting, we mutually agreed to consider this grievance resolved based on the following. If management must delay a steward investigating or continuing to investigate a grievance, management should inform the steward involved of the reasons for the delay and should also inform the steward of when time should be available. Likewise, the steward has an obligation to request additional time and to state reasons why this additional time is needed. Requests for additional time to process grievances should be dealt with on an individual basis and not unreasonably denied. So if they say no, you had your eight hours, we're not giving it to you, file a grievance. They're, that's being unreasonably denied. Okay, no, you had eight. We didn't even want to give you that. We gave you eight. Now you want 45 more minutes. You're not getting it. File a grievance. Article 17 and also this M127. Print that out. Put it in there. Put it in your contentions. Okay. I've got a removal, man. This sucker has taken on a life of its own. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all have dealt with this before. 
we've got some more pictures coming in. Hey, I had to, to go talk to somebody on the route, a customer, a, a witness. I had to do that. I had to, to investigate the OIG because they're lying. Uh, so I needed to contact them. It's taken me a little bit more time here. Uh, to, to get into this. Once I got into it, it's kind of taken on a life of its own. So I'm going to need some more time. How about 45 more minutes? We are not getting it. Okay, well, let's, let's file agreements on that. That I was not given the proper time to investigate this grievance fully. Therefore, I was not able to represent the carrier fully. Right? And let's see if an arbitrator will latch on to that and say, hey, why didn't we get this extra time so this carrier, so this steward could represent his people? Okay, do you see what I'm talking about? The importance of a grievance. We've got to file grievances, man. We've got, that's all, that's, that's how we speak. That's our voice is the grievance. File them, file them. It goes on. An employee must be given reasonable time to consult with his or her steward. And such reasonable time may not be measured by a predetermined factor. I'll read that again. An employee must be given reasonable time to consult with his or her steward. And such reasonable time may not be measured by a predetermined factor. You can't do that because you're in overtime. You can't do that. You're on work assignment only. You need to get out there. You can't do that. You're, you're not on the list. You know, you can have a couple of minutes, but don't take longer than that. File a grievance. File a grievance. I'm filing a grievance on them every chance I get. What do you mean I only got a couple minutes? Look, you, you need to be on the street. You know, you've been over there bitching all day about needing a steward. I'm going to let you go over and talk to them. You got two minutes. You need to get back to your case and get the hell out of here. File a grievance. Stewards, file a grievance. You will cut the tongue off of management with the grievance. You will sew their lips together. With a group, they will be scared to speak if you do your job. I don't care who it is, I don't care how big of a bully it is. You will cut their fucking tongue out with the 8190. Okay, all they're gonna do is nod. Can I go speak to my steward? Nod, thank you. That's the power of the grievance procedure. Nobody wants to sit in front of an arbitrator and get taken to task in front of an arbitrator, make him look like a fool. What does it say here? <laughs> M303. M303. Step four M303. Y'all ever read M303? No? Guess what? I got it right here. Printed it out for you. We're going to read it together. M303. Dear Mr. Connors, on May 9th, 1985, we met to discuss the above captioned grievance at the fourth step of our contractual grievance procedure. The issue in this grievance is whether management violated Article 17 by allowing the union steward to meet with affected grievance for a specified amount of time only. Let me read that again. The issue in this grievance is whether management violated Article 17 by allowing the union steward to meet with affected grievance for a specified amount of time only. You got two minutes. You got five minutes. You got ten minutes. During our discussion, it was mutually agreed that the following would represent a full settlement of this case. Employees should be permitted under normal circumstances to have a reasonable amount of time to consult with their steward. Reasonable time cannot be measured by a predetermined factor. 
If that's happening, file a grievance under Article 17 and use M303. That's gone. Although Article 17.4 provides that the grievant and a steward shall be paid for time actually spent in grievance handling and meetings with management, there are no contractual provisions requiring the payment of travel time or expenses in connection with attendance at a formal Step A meeting. That's the reason I have my formal Step A meetings at my station. JB has his at a nearby station because he does not get paid for travel time or the expenses of that. So when I was Formal A, I met at my station. And that's M716. M716. I'm not going to ask you if y'all read that, because I know you haven't. But I'm going to read it to you right here. 716. Now, I have dealt with this before, a past practice of management paying mileage to, uh, I dealt with this in Knoxville, uh, paying mileage to the formal step A to go to the formal step A meeting. And then management came in later and used this language against them saying, hey, y'all been doing this improperly the whole time. Y'all been doing it improperly the whole time. You, you're not supposed to be paying them the travel expenses. And we said, hey, past practice now takes over. You've been paying us. Now you're going to come in and, and do away with that uh, legitimate past practice and say that you're using this language. Uh, it never got to arbitration. They bifurcated the case. Remember I talked about that. They wanted a separate hearing on the case on the merits. And the arbitrator said it did have merit. We're going to have the case for the merits. And management just dropped it. Okay, so... We were taking this to arbitration where we were being paid. Management came in and used this language against us and said, hey, you're not supposed to be paying. That's an improper payment. I don't care about Article 5. We said Article 5 trumps everything if it's been something that's going on for a period of time. It even trumps existing language. Arbitrator Mintenthal talked about that. Okay, I'm getting into something I shouldn't. But anyway, if they've been paying you and they come in and say don't, Let's look at Article 5, okay, about dealing with that. And let's see if we can't get these bitches to come up off of it. And that's got M716. M716 is what talks about attendance at formal step A meetings. I've printed M716 off for you, and here it goes. Dear Mr. Hughes, on June 13, 1980, we met on the above-captioned cases at the fourth step of the contractual grievance procedure set forth in the 1978 National Agreement. The question raised in these grievances involves whether under the terms of the National Agreement, Article 17, Section 4, the grievant in these cases, who are also union stewards, are entitled to travel expenses and wages for time spent traveling to another station for a Step 2 meeting with management. Upon review, it is our determination that no contractual violation has occurred. Union stewards are paid for the time actually spent at Step 2 meetings with the employer, provided such meetings are held during their regular work day. However, there are no contractual provisions which would require the requested payment. Okay, and that's how we try to slide in Article 5. Goes on, nor does the national agreement require the payment of a steward who accompanies an employee to a medical facility for a fitness for duty examination. 
we will never win that. I don't care if it is a past practice. If if you're accompanying to somebody to a fitness or duty, there's no reason for you to go. There's nothing you can do other than sit there, make sure management doesn't badger him. You know, but really, there's nothing for us to do for a fitness or duty. He's going into the doctor. We can't go in there. So, I mean, if you want to try it, you can try it. But that's M647. It talks about there, so I printed that off. M647, dear Mr. Riley, on November 28th, 1978, we met with you to discuss the above cash and grievance at the fourth step of our contractual grievance procedure. The matters presented by you, as well as the applicable contractual provisions, have been reviewed and given careful consideration. Based on the facts presented and contained in the case file, we find no contractual violation. The national agreement does not provide for the payment of a union steward who accompanies an employee to a medical facility for fitness for duty examination. In the absence of a contractual violation, this grievance is denied. Okay? And so that's that. And then lastly, the appropriate remedy in a case where management has unreasonably denied a steward time on the clock is an order or agreement to cease and assist. Plus, remember when I talked about this? And my coward, the quitter, and the boogeyman, this is what I was talking about. We'll just rehash it because it's in here. The appropriate remedy in a case where management has unreasonably denied a steward time on the clock is an order or agreement to cease and assist plus, not or, plus payment to the steward for the time spent processing the grievance off the clock, which should have been paid time. So there's the Article 17 I was going to get into because a lot of people have said that management is denying them this and that. There you have it. That's how you're going to grieve it. That's what we're going to do with it. I just spent an hour talking about one little section of Article 17, and we'll continue to do that, okay? We'll continue to do that, getting you all ready. Uh, because the, the time has come, the time has come for us to take charge and take over. Okay, too much shit going on right now. They want to step in some shit. Let's go. Okay, Uh, we have way, way more power than they do because we control the grievance procedure. They do not. There's nothing they can do. They can beg us. They can plead all of these things. They can go to hell. All right, we control the grievance procedure. Make sure you're filing these grievances. If you're scared to file a grievance, do us all a favor and step down as a shop steward. I appreciate your willingness to do it. But if you're scared to file a grievance, you are worthless to us. Step down, okay? I've got an investigative interview on removal that I was fixing to take to arbitration. I'm still allowed to do arbitrations within my city. I can't travel anymore, Um, but that's neither here nor there. Like I said, we buried the hatchet last week. But here's one that I had, and it got pre-arbed. But I want to read part of the investigative interview, and we're going to tell you all how to attack this in in the future. All right? It's very easy. So it talks about, it's the employee, do you understand uh, ELM 6653, cooperation investigation. That's normal. That's boilerplate language. Uh, do you understand ELM 665, obedience to orders? That's another boilerplate language. It's on everything. Employees must obey the instructions of the supervisor, blah, blah, blah. And then it says this. 
Postal regulation requires you to be regular in attendance, and my records indicate you're not meeting this requirement. Now, they've not even asked a question yet. They've not even asked the first question. This is my day in court to answer to the charges against me. This is the fact-finding mission. Part of management's requirement under the just cause principles, right, is to do an investigation, a thorough investigation. So here they are doing a thorough investigation, and before they even ask me a question, they say, postal regulation requires you to be regular in attendance, and my records indicate you're not meeting this requirement. Why are we here then? Just issue me the discipline. Why, why are we here? You've already convicted me of what you're going to charge me with. My failure to be regular in attendance. So from now on, nothing that I say matters. You will not take anything into consideration that I say. Because you've already said, my records indicate you're not meeting this requirement. So when I get this as a shop steward and I read that, my first contention is going to be, was a thorough investigation completed? Because if I have to do a thorough investigation, it's two things, right? It's thorough and what? Objective, right? Investigation must be two things, thorough and objective. Do you feel like this investigation will be objective? It may be thorough. They may, they may make that requirement. They may ask every date and give me an opportunity to defend myself against those dates. It may be extremely thorough. Do you believe that it is objective? No, it cannot be because you've already said I'm guilty. You've not even asked me a question and I'm guilty. So when I get this as an informal A or a formal A and I'm reading this, that is my first contention. Management's investigation may have been thorough. However, it was not objective, and that is a requirement under the just cause provisions. And under EL 921, if I can show that just one of those provisions, one of those just cause provisions have been violated, the discipline cannot stand. So we're going to do everything humanly possible, as long as it's ethical, to get this, carry, this discipline removed. Okay, so... When you say postal regulation requires you to be regular in attendance, my records indicate you're not meeting this requirement. My first contention is going to be that management's investigation, however thorough, was not objective because I'm guilty. All right, does that make sense? New shop stewards, pay attention to these investigative interviews. This is my day in court. If they have predetermined my guilt, it is not objective. This is that should have been done afterwards. Afterwards, you should have said, my records indicate you're not meeting this requirement. But you said that before you even asked me a question. He goes on, do you understand that you're expected to be regular in attendance? The carrier said, yes. How many times have I told y'all? In this investigative interview, when we're talking about attendance, tell them, are you, do you understand you're expected to be regular in attendance? Define that. I'm going to do that in arbitration. I'm going to have them define it for me because I don't care what they say. I would rather that have already been done. But in, in arbitration, when I'm sitting there in front of a manager, I'm going to ask them, I'll say, will you please tell the arbitrator what regular attendance is? Well, it means you have to be at work when scheduled. So that's perfect attendance. 
Well, no. Okay, well, then would you define it again for me, please? And we're going to roll them through the mud in that, okay? Because the next witness is going to answer the same damn question, and it's going to be different. Well, how in the hell do I know what regular attendance is when management doesn't even know what regular attendance is? They have no idea. Both of their answers were different, but yet I'm supposed to know what it is? Do y'all see what I'm saying? We've got to get this at the forefront. Make sure you're telling carriers before they go in on attendance-related discipline. I've said this before. When they say, do you understand that you're expected to be regular in attendance? What does that mean? Please define regular in attendance. Get that on the record. Why? Because now they can't change it once they get to an once they get to their advocate and he says, if they ask you this, this is how you're going to answer it. That's what they do. They're going to get them ready, just like I'm going to get us ready. Have your have your cares prepared on that. It goes on. It says ELM 511-43 required that employees make every effort to avoid unscheduled absences. This is a question. This is a copy of your 3971 for 8422. You called in for eight hours of unscheduled leave without pay. Now, this is the first date that they asked them about. Okay? This is the first date on all the dates cited. This is the first date that they asked this carrier about. And this is what they said. This is a copy of your 3971 for 8-4-2022. You called in for eight hours of unscheduled leave without play. Please explain why you failed to be regular in attendance on this date. That's the question. The first one about uh, any dates. Please explain why you failed to be regular in attendance on this date. So on the very first date cited, this gentleman was had failed to be regular in attendance. We've got to make that contention. Okay? We've got to make that contention. Make sure you're reading these investigative interviews to try to find anything and everything to protect our people. So when they say, please explain why you failed to be regular in attendance on this date, my contention is on the very first date cited, they said that he failed to be regular in attendance. So when I asked them, please define regular attendance and whatever they say, then I'm going to say, so one occurrence means that they failed to be regular in attendance. Oh, no, not really. Well, let's go to this question right here. Here's the first date, and you already said uh, that he'd failed to be regular in attendance. We're going to cross them up in arbitration. I'm telling you, they will step in so many traps just like this. But let's go on and make that contention. The contention is on the very first date asked about, Management stated that the carrier had failed to be regular in attendance. How is it possible that on one occurrence I failed to be regular in attendance? I can never take leave in accordance with Section 5 of the ELM under this management team. Because on one occurrence I have failed to be regular in attendance. Arbitrators are going to throw that shit out. They just are. It's unacceptable. You're requiring me to be perfect at anything. Nobody on this earth is perfect. Nobody. Okay? Let's make sure that we're, we're, we're doing that. And then they say, are you aware? And the, the person said I had car issues. Then they say this. Are you aware when you have transportation issues, you have two hours to report to work? Where in the fuck is that at? 
That's what they said. Are you aware when you have transportation issues, you have two hours to report to work? As a steward, I'm going to say, can you show me that? Well, that's local policy. Fuck, give me that. I need to see that. Where does it say anything? I have two hours to report to work if I got transportation issues. Stewards, step up in these investigative interviews, man. Step up. On the second date, asked about, please explain why you failed to be regular in attendance on this date. So on the second date, he had already determined that he was failed to be regular in attendance. On the third date, please explain why you failed to be regular in attendance on this date. Every single one of them. You know what we said? Nothing. If they say something like this, here's another. Do you know and understand that your continued absences has greatly affected the operation and the customers that your route provides service to? We said yes. What? Why would you say yes to that? We are not getting our people prepared for these investigative interviews. How would this carrier know that the customers were affected? What time was the mail delivered? Was it delivered the same time as it always is because they had a CCA do it? How are the customers affected? That's what I'm going to ask. Show me some kind of customer statement. Show me something from a customer saying that they were negatively affected because this individual used a benefit of his and called in sick. Don't let them get away with these dumbass questions like that. I'm going to rip this shit to shreds in arbitration. I'll read again. Do you know and understand that you can, that your continued absences has greatly affected the operation? How's that? How is his using a benefit of his greatly affected the operation? This is a trillion dollar operation. And you're going to tell me that this individual who called in sick has greatly affected a trillion dollar business. How in the fuck is that? Folks, don't let them get away with this dumbass shit in these investigative interviews. Hold them to task. Show them, hey, show me some documentation what you're talking about. Surely you did a study. Surely you did some kind of research to show that this gentleman who called in sick because he had the shits is a, has greatly affected the operation. Don't let them get away with saying dumb stuff like that. Hold them to task in these investigative interviews, Stuart. You're not a silent observer. Step the fuck up and protect our people. I'll read it again. Do you, do you know and understand that your continued absence has greatly affected the operation? I'm going to stop and show me what you've done there to show that, that this operation was greatly affected. Well, they used an hour overtime. That greatly affected the operation? Because you used an hour of overtime? How in the hell did that greatly affect the operation? Bitch, y'all have lost more than that on overtime grievances. How has that not greatly affected the operations? And it says, and the customers that you're out provide service to. Show me that. Who have you talked to that was greatly affected by this individual calling in sick? Well, I didn't talk to anybody. Then how in the fuck do you know that they were greatly affected? That's a bunch of horse shit. And you know what we said? Yes, I know. Holy shit. Don't ever answer yes to that. I would say I have no idea. 
That's for you to determine. That's for you to show. I'm not answering yes to that. Do you know that it greatly affected? No, hell, I just called in sick. It's a benefit of mine. I just, I don't know what it affected. I just called in sick. Damn. And it says, may I offer you the phone number for the Postal Service Employee Assistance Program? The answer, employee states he has the number and uses it. You know what we didn't say? 35. 35. I'm going to EAP. Really? Talk to me about it. I'm making a big to-do about EAP whenever somebody says, I'm going to EAP. You know why? We got problems. We need to investigate further. If somebody's going to EAP, Employee Assistance Program, why? We've got issues. All right? So there's a little something for you there. may help you. I don't know. But this is salted peanuts. I'm just going to throw a bunch of shit out there. Here's something else. Had a gentleman send me a removal and and wanted some assistance. So I got him some assistance. We're, you know, it's a CCA removal. And, um, and I'm going to read it to you. And this is why I say, look at everything. Look at everything. Look at every date. All the dates. Look at them. Okay, this removal was written, listen to me, written March 15th, 2023. Remember that date, March 15th, 2023. Whenever I get a case, I get a pad. And I'm going to say on this removal, the date is March 15th. I'm going to write that date down. Why? Because dates are critical. Dates are critical. Because management will fuck this shit up all the time, okay? Subject, notice of removal. This is an advance written notice that you'll be removed from the U.S. Postal Service no sooner than 30 calendar days from your receipt of this notice on April 16th, 2023. The reasons for the action are Charge, unacceptable conduct. On February 27th, 2023, you conducted yourself in an unacceptable manner. Specifically, on February 27th, 2023, you submitted medical documentation you had known to be false. This documentation was altered, and you submitted it to management at this station. After handing the documentation to me, I followed up with the dentist. During an interview with the office manager at, at this dentist office, it was found that they had no record of you or your alleged visit to the office on Sunday, February 25th as your medical documentation stated. Further, the office manager attested to the fact that the letterhead on your submitted con con documentation was not a valid representation of their letterhead. On March 8th, a predisciplinary interview was conducted with your NALC steward, also present. During this predisciplinary interview, you failed to take responsibility for your actions and denied that the medical documentation was false. As a postal employee, you're required to be honest, reliable, and trustworthy. You're also required to conduct yourself in an acceptable manner. However, your actions cause me to believe that you cannot be trusted. As such, I believe removal from the postal service is, is warranted. And they've got a letter of warning for failure to be regular attendance, seven day for failure to be regular attendance, seven day for failure to be, follow instructions. Uh, it's a CCA, so something like falsifying documentation, they're going to take them out. Okay, 
unless we can show something stout. So here's the uh, supervisor signed their name 315-2023. Now remember when was the date of the that the letter was written? March 15, 2023. The supervisor signed it March 15, 2023. Concurring official March 14, 2023. Huh? The letter was written March 15th, 2023. The concurrence March 14th, 2023. How in the fuck did you concur on something before it was even written? Is that the loophole? Is that what we're looking for that's going to get this carry back? Look, I told you, I don't give a damn what they've done. I really don't. I don't give a shit what a carrier does. If I can get their job back, I'm going to do it. And a lot of people don't like me for that. I don't give a rat's ass. Who likes me in this business? I don't give two shits. If I can get you back, I'm going to get you back. However it is. So I've got a concurrence that happened a day before the letter was written. How's that possible? I'm making that contention, right? I'm making that contention. That's just looking at dates now. Always look at dates. Always. Here's another thing somebody sent me. A request for information. They turn in a request for information. Okay? Now this is talking about relevancy letters. We've talked about these all the time. But here they come with it. Uh, so, like I said, we're grieving everything into submission. We're grieving these bitches into submission. So here's a relevancy letter. Here's what it says. It says to the steward, dated 320-23-320. 23, okay, is the date that they signed this or dated this and gave it back to the steward. 3-20-23. I am in receipt of your request for information dated 3-11-2023. Y'all got a problem with that? Your, your request for information dated 3-11, and you're giving me a relevancy letter on 3-20. I'm filing a grievance on that. I've got 14 days, 14 days to investigate, not 14 days to file. I've got 14 days to fully investigate my grievance. And you're going to give me this nine days later. How many days does that leave me to investigate? And you didn't even give me the damn information. You gave me a relevancy letter nine days later. I'm grieving that. I'm going to grieve it. Here's what it says. Request for information. Dear shop steward, I'm in receipt of your request for information dated 3-11-2023. Article 31, Section 3 of the National Agreement provides the employer will make available for inspection by the union all relevant information necessary for collective bargaining or the enforcement, administration, or interpretation of this agreement, including information necessary to determine whether to file or continue the processing of agreements under this agreement. Likewise, Article 17, Section 3 of the National Agreement provides, in part, the union may request and shall obtain access through the appropriate supervisor to review documents, files, and other records necessary for processing agreements or determining if agreements exist. Here's what they state now. Listen to management, what they tell him. In order to make a determination on whether you're to provide you with the requested information, you must be able to demonstrate and establish the relevance and necessity of the requested information. Let me read that again. 
in order to make a determination on whether to provide you with the requested information, you must be able to demonstrate and establish the net relevance and necessity of the requested information. I'm fine of grievances on those bitches so fast for that right there. You don't determine the relevancy of my information request. You don't know what I'm looking for. And I'm damn sure not going to tell you before I file the fucking grievance. You don't determine the relevancy of my request. I've had several episodes on relevancy letters. Why? Because you're not going to come in here and jackleg me. You're not going to shit on me, fuck me around over information. What you're going to do is give me the fucking information. That's what you're going to do. This bullshit here, you're going to get a damn grievance on that relevancy letter. In order to make a determination, who in the fuck are you? I make the determination if it's relevant or not. It's my damn grievance. I'm the one who has the right to investigate. Not you. Me. It's my determination. You have nothing to do with it other than to give me my damn information. Determination on whether to provide you with the requested information. Listen to these bitches. You must be able to demonstrate and establish the relevancy and necessity of the requested information. I must be able to demonstrate. You can kiss my ass on that. I'm going to take this relevancy letter and I'm going to take my information request and I'm going to have a 17 and 31 grievance on that. And I'm going to say also that what I was, uh, what I was uh, attempting to investigate also is granted in full because of this bullshit First off, you gave it to me nine days late. I've got four days now to turn in another request with whatever this bullshit is you're talking about I need to do to substantiate my request. We've already dealt with that in episodes. Menthol said, I'm the one who determines the relevance of my request because you don't know where I'm going. You don't know what I'm looking for. You don't know what I'm trying to do here. I'll give you a brief description. summary of what i need i'm going to need this information for a possible 41 violation on opting or i need this information on whatever that's all you're going to get and that's all this gentleman did you're not getting anything more than i'm not telling you my grievance on an information request here's another thing when i talk about management's going fucking haywire This is something I just read. Our office has a humiliation board that lists every route that didn't meet their DOAS numbers, suggested move to street time. I'm filing agreements on that. You're not putting up shit with anybody failing to meet some kind of standard. I'm filing agreements, section 115 of the M39 handbook, failing to maintain mutual respect atmosphere. If anything is ever put up Singling out a group of carriers or a carrier because they failed to meet something. Grieve the shit out of that. Section 115 of the M39 handbook, we're dealing with failure to maintain a mutual respect atmosphere. Okay? Grieve it. Grieve it. Here's another thing. Supervisor spent yesterday on the floor conducting 1838Cs. First time she's been on the floor in her three months here. Now, this is because they're being pressured, right? They're getting their asses handed to them because of TRAP. 
So they're going to start doing more and more of these things to, to try to, to catch us doing things we shouldn't be doing. This says it's today's service talk. She says we need to case faster. She can tell most of us are missing standard and doing 15 and 6 at best. She can tell most of us are missing standard doing 15 to 6 at best and has never done an efficiency count. Stewards, call them out on that on the workroom floor. They're not going to come out there with that bullshit. I'd say, excuse me. Yes, Corey. Yes. Uh, How many efficiency counts have you done? None. Then where are you getting that from? I can just tell. Tell how? By watching? Okay. Write that down. Write that down. And keep that in your little notebook. Okay? Call these bitches out on the floor when they come out there with this dumbass bullshit. It's rampant right now, man. These people have lost their ever-loving mind. They have really lost it. And they are trying to punish us for them being fuck-ups. Here's another thing that pisses me off. Talking about the T-Rap. Now listen to this. Hey, Corey, they did inspections on two units in my office within the last month. They're having consultations now. The carrier told me today that they are agreeing on 25 minutes of personal needs for each route of each day. Did y'all hear that? The team is agreeing to 25 minutes of personal needs. They're just giving you 25 minutes of personal needs. That's not even in the fucking memo. When I talk about you have, when you get people together like that, they tend to start morphing into each other. Here's a team member for the NALC that's agreeing 25 minutes of personal needs. Anything over that, we're deducting it. That's not in the fucking memo. You're trying to rewrite the memo. Call your district REIT team person if that's happening. If they're doing it, call your business agent and tell them that you got a dumbass REIT team member that's agreeing to 25 minutes of personal needs time. I'm not getting deducted from something that's not even in the fucking memo. We're up against it right now, folks. We're up against it. And we've got our own kicking us in the crotch. You know, we can fight anybody and everybody, and we're going to. We can fight anybody that wants some. But damn it, get out of our way if you're on our side. Don't help. Don't help management. You know, we're, we're busting in the fucking door. We're coming. And we're ready, but damn, don't don't be on their side against us. Son of a bitch. So that's it for today. It's an hour and thirty minutes. I wasn't even I wasn't prepared to do one. I just kind of threw that together today off of things that I've been talking about with people because John, like I said, two hours of his day. We started doing his episode. He got about thirty minutes into it, and my shit just quit working. It stopped. So I had to get on there and said, hey, brother, stop. Let me see what's going on here. He starts it over again. He's about eight minutes into it, and it just synced into another format. It just took him off of it. I got on there again, brother, hang on. Finally, I got it working. He spends an hour and something talking, uh, doing this episode. I finish it out. When I put it into my thing that downloads in an MP3, it just corrupted the shit out of it and it's gone forever 
I called Cole. I said, brother, help me. He's like, dude, there ain't nothing I can do for you. So he's trying to fix something else. Uh, so I just kind of threw that together. Hopefully that was all right for you. Um, we'll do another one next Sunday. We'll just keep doing this same format. Uh, just so much stuff coming down right now. Um, but there's a good little article 17 for you. We got into some investigative interviews and whatnot. So new stewards, hopefully that helped you. Anybody, hopefully that helped you. Um, like I said, just piece that together today. Cause I had to get a, you know, I can't go three weeks without doing an episode, but, um, so anyway, some good stuff happened at regional. Um, I was glad, you know, you got to, you got to get rid of that shit, man. That's poison. That's cancerous. And so, you know, we, we squashed a lot of shit. Um, I still ain't going to take no shit, but, uh, it, it felt good to just sit down and, and just hash some stuff out, you know, uh, because I'm not, I don't want to be upset at my own people. Uh, I love my union. I love the NELC, what it stands for. Now that don't mean I love everybody in it, but I love what it stands for. It's our, it's our representatives, right? It's our agent, right? So, uh, you know, I, I wish that, that it worked like it should and hopefully it will. But anyway, it's good being back on talking to y'all. I've missed y'all. I've missed, uh, missed doing this. And so we'll get it cranked back up. Don't have anything coming up here anytime soon where I'll miss any. So we'll just get back into educating. We'll try to get John back on. He had some good stuff. Uh, you know, his schedule's kind of herky-jerky. So we'll see what he's got to do. But So next week, just plan on me being back. We'll do some more of these things, get more in-depth on some things. And uh, y'all have a fantastic week. Thank y'all for reaching out to me. I've enjoyed it like hell, talking to y'all, going over contentions. Some great stuff coming out. Great stuff. A lot of new stewards messaging me saying that this is the first training they've ever received. Love that shit. That's why I'm doing it. Okay? And uh, there was one specifically that talked to me, and he said, hey, the only information I get is off of this podcast. I promise you this. If it's got one person listening to it, I'm going to keep doing it. Okay? I don't care where you're at. If one person is listening to this podcast, I'll keep doing it until I retire. That's eight more years, nine years. So, <laughs> but, uh, cause, cause I want you to succeed. All right. So if I'm all you're getting, we'll succeed together. All right. So y'all have a fantastic rest of the week. I'll talk to y'all next Sunday. I love you all. And, uh, that's it for this week. Hope you enjoyed the salted peanuts. Talk to you later.